Hi again, folks, and welcome back to NTI's Japan Real Estate Podcast. I'm your host, Ziv Nakajima again. Great to have you with us today. Thanks for tuning in. Before we get down to business, just a quick heads up on Odyssey Capital Group's Japan Boutique Hospitality Fund. So if you'll recall, we've had Dan Volville, president and co-founder of Odyssey, who's based in Hong Kong, here on the podcast a couple of times already. Uh, first telling us about the fund, then about the progress that they've made a few months later as they've purchased some underpriced and underutilized resorts all over the country. So quite a few of our clients and, of course, many other investors have bought into the fund. For our customers specifically, the price was much lower to buy in. So just $50,000 US dollars as opposed to their standard two hundred and fifty, which is for investors who contact them directly and not via our referral. So again, they've gotten all the investors they need to on board and will in fact be closing registration in January next year. So that's about two, two and a half months from today. October 31st, 2019 is the date of this recording. So if any of you was on the fence about the fund, this is your last chance to jump in and buy into a fully hands-off investment that's managed on your behalf by very experienced professionals. And, which might just be the best part, you also get annual usage rights. So you can stay in one of the properties the fund owns. And folks, these are some seriously luxurious holiday resorts we're talking about. Just check out the website. We'll link to that in this episode's show notes. Completely free of charge every single year. So good returns, hassle-free management, which is perfect for beginning investors who just want to dip their toes in and at a super affordable buy-in. So check out their website, contact them directly if you want. Uh, Just make sure that you say that you are referred by NTI so you can enjoy the discounted buy-in minimum and the annual usage rights, or just send us a message and we'll introduce you uh, to the fund managers directly. Okay, so for today's episode, we're going back to our hotel, or rather Yokan, traditional Japanese inn uh, deal analysis. If you'll recall from the first two episodes we did on this uh, property, we're looking at a 26-room resort near the ski slopes in Niigata prefectures. We'll link to the uh, previous two episodes in the show notes as well, of course. And Niigata prefecture is one of Japan's most popular areas for winter sports. A beautiful Japanese-style traditional property built in the 1980s, but in very good shape. Gone through some renovations over the years. Currently operating only during the winter months and not doing very well even during those times. We were first discussing the property itself, we then ran over the financials, and we decided to offer our investors the chance to pay for a research trip to the area to examine the property itself, speak to the owners, and also do some more macro-level research regarding competition, opportunities, risks, challenges in potentially turning the place around. So two of our clients picked up the gauntlet and they paid for Pacific Business KK, our partners and designated uh, operators of the hotel, if we do take it over, to go there and dig more deeply into the place. And in return for footing that bill, they've got first right of access to the research materials, as well as first right of refusal uh, on the investment itself. So in this episode, which is a recording of a call we had with one of those investors last week, as well as with Amrick, who's one of the principals at PBKK and also the one in charge of this project, he went down there with his staff and he then presented us with a fantastically detailed report uh, over the call. We obviously had a lot of questions and requests for clarifications as well. We did some brainstorming together uh, on what could potentially be done with the place and how. So this is really the most interesting episode, in my opinion at least, related to this project. Have a listen, I think you'll enjoy it, and don't go away when we say goodbye on the call, because I'll be back right after that to let you know what our next steps are. 
So here it is, episode three of our hotel deal analysis. Enjoy, and I'll be back with you right after the recording ends. I, uh, I greatly appreciate your... I know it's a paid endeavor, but I greatly appreciate all the effort you put in to, um, to report together, so thanks for that. Uh, thank you very much. That does not matter. So um, I will just skip the first part. I will go directly to the hotel description. Yep. Um, so basically, it's a two. Uh, so it's a two-story building with 26 rooms. Uh, they have their own onsen. They have parking. They have very nice sitting areas, on kitchen and restaurants. So the building is quite good, actually. Even um, in the area, it's one of the best one, I would say. Um, so, but the main problem they're having over there basically is the. So it would be two problems. So the first one would be uh, the way the location where they are. So basically, they are like 10, 10 15 minute drive to the station, to the main station. And there is no buses, there is no shuttle buses, there is nothing. So basically, you need a car to get there. Right. And basically, the competition around the station is huge. There are a lot of big, complex hotels uh, grabbing all the customers, basically. Can I just ask one question about that? Because I was wondering uh, from the report as well. So. Um, their proximity to the station is less attractive than the other spots, but I was under the impression that their proximity to the actual ski slopes is excellent. Is that right? So that, that's right. That's the thing. So, but that's also a problem because they, they are just next to the ski slope. They're like 300 meters away from it. But there's also one ski slope just next to the station. And they both go to the same place. So... Um, that, that's difficult to bring people over there when they can have the same things just next to the station, when they can have like Izatayas, more attractions, basically. It's more lively place. But when you say, to, sorry, when you say next to the station, um, is there what? Is there a ski lift going to the same uh, site? Or? Exactly. Okay. Exactly. I'm with you. So it's like another, another stop on the ski lift. <laughs> exactly. So um, there's several entrance, I mean... Um, from the bottom of the mountain, there's several places where you can get up, basically. And so there's one just next to the hotel, but there's also one just next to the station. So, yeah. Right. And then, just so, thinking about it, I'd yeah. imagine if I'm going for a holiday, you can correct me if I'm wrong, please. But I'd imagine that I, I probably would like to unpack first and go to the lodging area before going to ski, or, or is that is that not a correct assumption that people right after getting off the train or getting off the rail would go directly to the ski lifts? That, no, that no, that's correct. That? But people who come for a ski holiday basically would be spending, let's say, a week or two or three weeks. And then each and every day right. they'll be going up to the slopes. So if they can do that from right next to the station, as opposed to uh, being driven 10, 15 minutes to a more distant accommodation, we have to somehow differentiate that accommodation to make it worth the trip. Okay. Exactly. Yeah, I got it. Thank you, Sif. Yeah. And then, um, so basically, there are also like several hotels just next, uh, I mean, the same area, I mean, where the, lo the hotel is located. Um, but basically, they are all, owner managed 
So um, it's been passed down from their fathers to the sons, basically. And they've been doing this for years. They have their own partnerships. They're all Japanese, of course. Would I be um, would I be correct in assuming that the other um, let's call it family properties around there are probably less able to cater to English speakers or anybody who doesn't speak Japanese so basically actually so in the report you see I, I break uh, broken in three main competitors in the exact same area so those hotels are exactly in the same, like 500 meters to each other's so exactly in the same area and so you will see that you have three hotels like uh, doing uh, according to the research a bit better than so basically those three are also targeting kind of different customers so new western style uh, beds um, western style breakfasts they're targeting more and more foreigners the website is in english uh, so basically those people are targeting both foreigners and japanese so that's probably why they're doing well yeah mm-hmm. um, in the area yes yeah mm-hmm. and the pricing is much higher i mean higher than the competition so they're doing okay actually the hotel is exa- almost exactly the same as the one we're looking at uh, same i mean approximately the same number of rooms even same layouts they're just like um, are really like for one minute to, uh, away from each other um, but I see, sorry, just I'm seeing according to your report there, number two and number three actually seem to be lower priced. Is that correct? Exactly. Exactly. Right. So basically, the cost approximately the same pricing. Yes. And then the number two and three are much cheaper. Right. But those two, the second two are really, I would say, like targeting Japanese people and they have really strong partnerships with schools, um, like companies. And basically, that those people—that's where they get the customers from. So those people receive like twenty people, uh, twenty like employees coming all together for like two weeks, or like schools, as I say, like um, like school trips, and they come there and stay there. So like package deals and tours and so forth. Exactly. And cuts the one that's actually in most direct competition as far as the clientele are concerned, because they're also marketing same price and to foreigners. Is that right? Exactly. Okay. Uh, but on top of it, they also have partnerships. So all those three hotels have partnerships. Yep. I mean, they've been doing this for a while and same family, so they have the same contacts. Okay. So if a hotel doesn't have any partnerships, but they still capture 15% of the market, if I'm reading that correct, that yes. seems to me like they're still doing pretty good without any partnerships. My, my misunderstanding? Um, they're doing pretty good, but the competition, I mean, as you see, like it's only five hotels, so the then five and six, and then it's like very small ones, and like almost abandoned. Um, so yes, if you look at if you look at it like this, yes, yeah, quite okay. But um, so oh, uh, one more thing, so all those hotels are only open during the winter; they're not open during the summer. And none of those hotels are open in the summer is what yes none of them yes interesting um, but then if you continue to the page so 27 yep you can see that uh, if you look at the market share is very very at the bottom right and that's including the ones next to the station exactly.
and the one open next to the station are however open during i mean open during the summer but they also have like um activities they offer activities to their to their clients like um trips or like buggy buggy experience or fishing experiences like things like that yeah and are those more hotel types or are they also a yokan like a traditional inn type so it's a mix actually so the biggest one are real like real hotel i would say yeah and then uh there are some like really like luxury from luxurious type and they are also like more like yokan type And then, so yes, the, that's the main, I would say, not problem, but the, um, yeah, the old, the hotel in the same area, I mean, the direct competitors are really like, I mean, owned and managed. And I think that's the only way you can really uh, make profit. But definitely, if you definitely if you just open during the winter, yeah. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. If you keep going to the, um, I mean, that's, I mean, I think that's what they were trying to do to the financial analysis. Yeah. So the owners were trying to do exactly the same thing, I think. Like they wanted to retire, go to Japan, have a quiet life, I would say, and just manage their own hotel and live with with that. But um like basically what everyone is doing in the same area. But they they didn't imagine it was going to be that difficult, I think. And okay. The fact that they don't speak Japanese and they've never managed a hotel before like uh, really makes things even more difficult. So um, if you look at page uh, 31, yep. you can see so this is uh, so the year zero is the current state. Uh, so it's estimated because they told us the average occupancy is 30%. <coughs> over the uh, winter so they also close during the summer yep. so that's make it a 17% over the entire <laughs> and so for sure we can improve the occupancy because basically they're only using booking.com and that's it 90% of the customer comes from booking.com All right so, so no no Facebook no Instagram no online ads anywhere else Yes, I mean, they have Facebook and Instagram, but it's like, I mean, handled by the owner who is uh, not so good at it, I would say. So it can be improved, but it's mostly they don't have any contact with travel agencies. They don't post in any Japanese websites. Uh, they don't use Rakuten. They don't, I mean, nothing, just Booking.com. And they are like, maybe, if I check the oh, direct competitors, some of them are using like over 20 different platforms to advertise right so this would be a quick fix to just do a mass advertising and then you need to basically start to different differentiate yourself a little bit so improve the I mean differentiate not really differentiate but like put uh, western style beds in all the rooms and improve the overall uh, appeal of the hotel And this will increase the occupancy very, I mean, can double it, I would say, like, very fast. But then at some point you will reach a ceiling because, I mean, at some point you cannot, I mean, just doing this won't make you beat the hotels next to the station. Well, from what you've described so far, it sounds like um, definitely, like you said, a quick fix to improve during the winter would be more advertising, but... 
could the potential be there to, like Paul was initially saying when we discussed, to potentially market the area as something that people can visit during the summer and spring as well? Um, that is possible. So um, that's why if you, uh, if you go back to page 31, that's what I was trying to show. So if you go, so my plan, I mean, the, I think that would be the best, would be to first increase the occupancy during the winter and then got getting more and more reviews and more visibility over the internet and everywhere. And then starting from year four and five, starting to also open during the summer. So there are a lot of actually, if um, I wrote down all the uh, spots that you can, and things that you can do during the winter, so uh, during the summer, there are many things you can do actually. It's a, it's a very beautiful area. So um, I think you can still get some customers during the summer. Um, but then, yeah, doing this right away would be would be difficult because still you will have to pay some staff to take care of them for occupancy that would not would not be so high at the beginning. Yep. And so that's why I was planning. I mean, in the report, I made it like this, like to only open during the summer, starting from year year four. Understood. And also everything but, everything we've yeah. discussed so far is talking about marketing to individual customers. We still haven't touched about uh, potential corporate retreats, um, a group group like you were saying, like uh, schools, company tours, that sort of thing is still an option, right? It's a different kind of advertising yes. and marketing, but it can still be done. Yes, exactly. I mean, still, I mean, in the that would be a mix. We need, I mean, if to make it happen, you need to really do everything at once, uh, make your mass advertising and do some partnership like from day one. And yes, yes, I mean, that, that, that would be a mix. You need to do both, that's for sure. And we also need the other big expense will also be to um, renovate or refurnish a lot of the place. Is that correct? Yes, yes. Okay. So I'm scrolling down to your analysis and recommendation section to page 39 and onwards. Yes. So you wrote 70% occupancy is required to start making a profit. I, I assume that's because we need to actually staff the place, not by owners. Ex yeah? Exactly. Yeah. So basically, I need to, if, if all the hotel in the same area, I mean, there's, ah, sorry, I want one more quick fix also, is that, so the owner are doing everything. So there are only two, it's um, like, there are about 50, 50 years old couple, Australian couple. And they do everything. They do the, they manage the, I mean, they do the advertising, they do the cleaning, and then do the cooking. So, um, what I mean, they're not paying themselves. And they don't pay themselves, yeah. Yeah. Right. And, and even, yeah, so, yeah. And, uh, so cooking, what I mean by cooking is not real cooking. They just make like some eggs in the morning and, I mean, like pickles and stuff like that. And then during the evening, they ask the the resident, the guests to bring their own food, and they ask them to to microwave their own food, basically. Well, that that probably doesn't help with booking as well if people see on the exactly. website that there's no dinner, right? Exactly. So that's what that's what I was going to. It's like all the hotels in the same area has nice food. Yeah. So um, that can help also. Okay. So yeah, the, definitely. So to you, we need to really high. I mean, very good occupancy to be able to 
um, cover the staff, staff expenses. Yes. And if you can differentiate yourself and, and bring something new to the table, then you can also maybe increase the pricing because um, next to the station, some prices are, I mean, the prices are a lot more than uh, than 12000 a night. Some of them goes to 20000 Some of them, like, I think the average is around 15, 15 to 17 Yep. So you can also increase prices if you bring, but you have to bring something unique because, yeah. Okay, so on your um, on the last page, page forty one, I see where you get more creative and you wrote about different kinds of uh, venues and opportunities that can be added there. So restaurant is a kayak, karaoke bar, craft beer or sake bar, um, a more unique type of restaurant. I'm just wondering um, something that I haven't seen in Yokans usually, and I was always wondering if that would be an attraction. Um, so, like, the properties in that area, and, and many others do, they have an English website, or they might have English-speaking staff, but the facilities themselves, I mean, the, the type of food that they serve, and the size of the slippers that they give to the guests, and everything is not really geared towards foreigners. It's traditional Japanese, but they have English access, right? True. Uh, not all of them. Um, I mean, around the station, yes, they all have, I mean... Most of them have uh, English abilities. In the same area of the hotel, only the, this one is uh, they're trying to be English friendly. Still not perfect, but they're trying to. All the all the old uh, um, old hotels um, managed for a long time by the same family as uh, Japanese customers. Right. They're trying slowly to use other platforms like Booking.com, etc. But you can see that. I mean, if you don't speak Japanese over there, you're in trouble. So I, that, yeah. that might really be a good way to differentiate yourself. I mean, obviously, mm. um, yes, have staff which uh, Japanese staff or staff that speaks Japanese, but also aggressively target foreigner customers, but not in a hotel type scenario, but in a, in a all everything covered kind of experience, which a yokan can give, but to foreigners. And the, yeah, the, um, as you say, the 41, so there's the there's a room over there. Like, they are not using. And it's, I mean, because they only take care of the hotel, of course. But that room is gorgeous. And, I mean, they, like you can see, like, two pictures on it. So you have, like, all Japanese, uh, like, barbecue. You can grill your fish. Uh, like, a samurai costume. There's a piano. There is a... You, I mean, it's not on a picture, but they are like huge speakers for karaoke. So this place used to be very entertaining, I would say, but they just abandoned. Well, if we're and talking about company retreats and that sort of thing, that would be perfect, wouldn't it? Definitely. Yeah. And also, even I would say that's why if this is um, marketed properly, you can even attract like locals. You can attract like many people to get there because there's nothing much in the same area. So, oh, you mean just like as a nightlife venue kind of thing? Yeah, exactly. Okay. Oh, even even for the guests, I mean, going, I mean, even compared to the restaurant, this area is much better. I mean, just coming there, you can imagine all uh, spending time together after the ski and having a good time in there could be awesome. So for and guests, for guests of this other would be resorts, to increase the prices. Yeah. You mean for guests of other resorts? 
uh, even why not mm. i mean there's nothing else over there apart from i mean all the other hotels in the same area i mean they only have like a you know a canteen type where they can just just table and eat and that's it yeah. this could be like a entertaining place right and even the entrance you don't even have to get into the hotel to enter this, this place there's a special entrance too so it could be really advertised as a special uh izakaya place yeah right okay um is there any, anything else from the report that you want to highlight for us Obviously, the shuttle bus you wrote to organize uh, some form of transport from the station, that's that's a big, big, big thing, I think. Yeah. That would be uh, necessary. And then needs to, so basically, what they say also, they try to connect with travel agencies. Yeah. But then uh, but what they said is that, according to them, they are too small to interest travel agencies. Right. Um, not sure if it's the real reason or because they cannot speak Japanese. I think also. that might be it because 26 oh, yeah, rooms, yeah, yeah. 26 rooms is definitely not too small for a group. Exactly, exactly. So I think yeah, because they were not able to approach those people, so yeah, that, that created a barrier. So this would help too. Um, and when you say improving the room facilities, uh, what sort of work were you thinking about there? I mean, that would be to basically just make it Western type of rooms. So make like two single beds in each room that can be attached so it becomes one double bed or separated if uh, it's more than, I mean, it's only friends staying in there. Mm. Uh, the rooms are quite huge, actually. Uh, some of them, oh, I forgot. Some of them are goes like 20 square meters, like a small apartment. Wow. Um, Wow. So you can you can do a lot of things with those actually. So, but yeah, completely redecorate um, Western style TV, uh, like something comfortable uh, with uh, Western style beds. And, and you met you met a local um, a builder, carpenter, renovator when you were there as well. Was that correct? Yes. Yes, so but it went, uh, I mean, not necessarily fast, but so basically we received so the floor map from the owner. So those one has numbers on it. So those numbers are supposed to refer to maintenance issues. So um, basically the guy who came also went through all those issues and check if it has been fixed or not. But then what he said is that, okay, so I mean, he made a quick, uh, I mean, a quick tour of the property, but then he said that to really go through the property and check each items one by one and make sure there's no problem with the construction or, uh, I mean, major problem, he needs to come back and then make a proper research. And did he give you a rough estimate about the furniture part at least? Uh, furniture parts, so, uh, you mean... To buy the furniture and everything? What, is that what you mean? Yeah, I mean, well, is he not somebody who handles this sort of thing? Is he only handles no, structure? It's, it's more like construction. It's oh, okay. more like, um, oh, yeah. Infrastructure related. Yeah, yeah, infrastructure, yes, exactly. Okay. I have it. 
so from from his um, initial, just the quick look that he did have, did he point out any particular things that need to be attended to, or is it mainly no, furnishing? Not at all. Not he, at said all. That, he said that everything is totally fine from what he sees. Yeah. I mean, of course, that's what he explained too. He says that it's, um, it's not a new building, so then it depends on what you want. And you can, you can stay as it is, or you can spend all your money you want to just fix each uh, problems, you know, like small, tiny issues. Yeah. Like, uh, I mean, uh, how, do you call, how do you call this? Uh, sorry. Just repairs, yeah? Yeah, small repairs. I mean, there's no limit also. If you want to fix everything, you can spend a lot of money, or it can also be used as it is. Okay, well, there's assuming... There's no major problem. Assuming the structure can be used as it is, at least for now, um, do you, from your experience, know approximately what it would take to um, to refurnish the rooms? Like, are we talking a thousand dollars per room, two thousand dollars per room? Uh, so basically, I would say around. So that would depend on the size of the room, because depending on the number of beds you put in there. Yeah. But that would be the smaller, smallest room would be around. Uh, so. Um, 70,000 yen, so approximately $700, and to the most, the biggest room around uh, $1,200, that would be this range. Okay, so we're not talking, we're talking maybe another worst case 10 million yen or so to bring the rooms up to speed, yeah? Exactly. Okay, okay. That, that, that paints a pretty clear picture. What's your... Um, I mean, obviously, this is meant to be based more on analysis, but do, do you have a gut feeling about how feasible, and Paul, maybe you can comment on that too, how feasible or unfeasible it is to turn the place around? Uh, turn the place around? Um, that's, I mean, I don't, I don't want to sound so pessimistic, but, I mean, the hotel is great. I mean, the hotel is great. You can really do something with it in terms of the infrastructure, the location, I mean, how it looks, how it feels. The rooms are gorgeous. There's a lot of space. The hotel is great, but the the problem it would be like basically the area. I mean, even the entire area feels a little bit abandoned. Um, even like um, so, basically, at the it's only owner managed, so you can't even see some abandoned hotels because yeah. when the owner like, stop working there, like they just leave, I guess. And then nothing, no one buys it back. And um, yeah, that's that's that would that was what I would say. Like, uh, and if you go next to the station, is you can see it's popping. Like, um, many huge hotel is beautiful. The streets are beautiful, etc. But the, the direct area where the hotel is located, I mean, yes, I have the feeling it's dying. Basically, that that's what I would say. Okay, so the main challenge would be marketing, and not just marketing of the hotel, marketing of the entire uh, village, let's call it. Exactly. Okay. Um, do, do you have any questions? Just uh, listening along, I'm uh, just jotting some notes as we go, so I, I like how you're flowing it, so please just continue. So, if we're going to do anything with this place, I'm just just trying to summarize the main points. And Amrik and Paul, please correct me if I'm wrong about anything. So, our main challenges are a drawing people away from the station and t towards the village, and exactly. b differentiating ourselves 
from the rest of the properties in the village, mainly, which is going to be the biggest uh, competition, I'm guessing. Exactly. And maybe, unless I'm wrong, maybe the best way to do that would be to, uh, as far as the Japanese clientele is concerned, to try and target um, the summer and spring months and to try and target more groups. So, again, corporate retreats, team building efforts by companies, that sort of thing. Um, yes. And the other thing would be maybe to make it more attractive to foreigners. And that also ties into the marketing again. Yes, exactly. So, um, yes, all those points are correct. Um, we need to differentiate the property and basic mass advertising would be enough to completely uh, improve the occupancy because now it's close to zero. Yep. Uh, now, the biggest challenge, I would say, yes, as you said, is that how, how to make people um, not staying next to the station, but go like 15 minutes away from the station. Yeah, so I'm and, guessing and, if, if they're mainly marked... Sorry, go ahead. Let me to overtake you. So, uh, I'm sorry, uh, I, I didn't get this point, Emmerich. Just to help me. Actually, in the same location... As, yes. the, as the cottages, correct? So it's the place not close to the station. It's farther out. Uh, how are they How are they able to attract customers? What, what's their selling point? How do they compete against the hotels closer to the station? So um, basically, so what, what I think, what, it, what they've been doing is that, so um, same, so they, the hotel was owned by the father, passed down to the son. So they still have the partnership they used to have. And but now what's became I would say new is that the son is trying to rebrand the hotel, and you can um, even you can even if you check the website, you can see it's completely different feel. Uh, and they're trying to target foreigners, so that's how they can make it. So that's so how that they, confirms his thinking. I mean, it's exactly. in the same direction. Exactly. Well, that that's one area Can where I think shuttle service. Sorry, Zev, go ahead. No, no, go ahead. Yeah, the shuttle service. I'm actually interested in that. Do they have a Do shuttle they have service? Service? Uh, unfortunately, no. So um, they, they don't, don't have shuttle. No, they don't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They don't. Uh, I'm not sure, even sure they have. I have to confirm. I don't think they have a parking either. But if you see on the interior of the hotel, yes, they all have the Western style beds. Um, they were serving Western style type of breakfasts. Do they do uh, dinner as well? They do dinner too. Yeah. They do. Okay. Well, I guess marketing. Mar Sorry, go ahead. Just to confirm some assumptions, Emmerich. Uh, most people who visit places like they do take mass transit, correct? They don't drive themselves to this location and have a big city mindset. But I'm not sure. Maybe in Niigata, most people drive to the to their holiday resort. I'm not sure. Uh, so there's there's still a bus. I mean, there's like one every one per hour or two, two, twice per hour, depending on the, on the time. So there's some of them still use the bus. Um, what, what they do is like sometimes the owner go pick the people from the stations. I see. And then so last there's still yes. many... People come from the train station. Okay. Yes, cool. yes, yes. And Japanese customers, a lot of them would be driving, wouldn't they? Yes, yeah. yes, yes, yes. Ah. Yeah. 
Well, while we're talking, I'll have a quick look on the website and let you know if they're advertising anything like um, anything like a shuttle bus service or drive drive from the station service or anything like that. Sorry, go ahead. Okay. I, I was just going to say, marketing to foreigners, I think, is something that we can definitely do better, right? Definitely, we can. Like, uh, I see. Um, so, what I'm wondering is, do they have foreign staff? I'm not sure, but the son can speak English. I can see that they're trying to um, they're trying to market the place during the summer as well. But like you were saying, Emrick, at the moment they're not not really succeeding, are they? Exactly. Right now they're still closed during the summer. Okay. And you're saying that their website? I mean, I can see that it has English, but I wouldn't really call it an English website. Yeah, exactly. It's not really an English website, but uh, what I would say is that so they use a lot of different. Uh, I would say. Uh, uh, Western platforms, so like Booking.com or Agoda, or I mean, uh, so yeah, they're using a lot of Facebook, Instagram, etc. Compared to the other hotels, who are only using strictly Japanese channels. Right. And I'm not seeing unless I'm very unless it's hidden somewhere deep in the site, I'm not seeing them advertise that they'll pick you up from the station anywhere. Even when you go to location, there's nothing like how to get there or anything of the sort. Sure that's... So maybe it's upon, like you actually have to call them and ask if they can pick you up, but they're not actually saying that they will. Oh, special, you can use the special request box or contact the property directly. Um, but that's it. It doesn't actually say anything about we will pick you up or anything like mm -hmm. that. Yeah, I can research. I can call them also to find out. No, that's okay. I mean, whatever they're doing online is how we're going to be doing it. So I'm just interested in knowing whether they do advertise that, and it looks like they're not. Uh, the, ski resort, the ski resort itself, Emmerich, is yes. it English or I'd say foreigner friendly if I don't speak any Japanese? Would I be able to purchase a ticket and attend the ski resort? How, 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 what's that experience like? Um, actually, it's it's still possible, but it's a little bit of challenge. I would say. In Jap I mean, this is Japan in general. Um, the ski resorts. Um, I would say staff. That's the issue. I mean, for finding staff over there is a bit difficult too. So most of the people over there only speak Japanese. Um, that's why most of the foreigners in, in Japan they use like a package tour. So they have everything. They they, they buy this online and they receive their uh, ticket, lift ticket, bus ticket. Um, so they just go to the station and the bus take them to the hotel and then they have everything already and they just go directly on ski on ski slopes. Yeah. I'll quickly look um, again while we're talking. There's a good website, uh, Powder Hounds. is a good website that actually um, covers Japan ski resorts, and that'll tell us if uh, those particular slopes are um, foreigner friendly or not. So keep going. I'll tell you in a minute. Okay. Um, I'll, uh, one more thing uh, I wanted to point out. So the area, um, when it comes to ski, is quite good. Mm. Um, the ski the um, ski resort over there is one of the best one in the area. I think it's like a top, I mean top five or something like that. Wow. And they also have summer skiing, which means like you know plastic rub on the slopes, and they, you can just ski on the on those two. It's not many has this option either. So um, 
this is i mean also if you check the macro uh, macro research you can see that the area is getting better every year you have more they have more and more customers coming there and so the the, the slope and the area is quite good when when it, when it comes to skiing so which is the nearest one says that nobody speaks much English there but it looks like for some people that's actually a refreshing change they're saying it's not glitzy and it's not commercialized it's just a very good ski resort and mm-hmm. um, they gave it three and a half stars out of five and they're saying um, mellow slope so experienced riders will need to head into the side country and I think the ski lift from there actually does go into some of the more challenging um, slopes um not super attractive for snowboarders but the main point is there's not much English spoken there and it's not overly expensive or overly glitty exactly so um, that, that that is true like I said it depends on the people that's true like some customer really wants to get the Japanese feeling Japanese feel of uh, the Japanese culture like only stay with Japanese eating Japanese food and living in staying in the Japanese like tatami room type during the uh, uh, for the ski uh, from during the ski experience however at the same time it's shutting the door for many people too who are not able to get there because they don't speak Japanese so um, it's a balance you need to find the um, solution to yeah and I guess just look and doesn't actually say or at least not in English on the website You mentioned that they have a Western breakfast, but I'm wondering if the dinner is traditional Japanese or do people have options if they're not into fish or that sort of thing? Uh, it's confirmed, but I'm pretty sure it's going to be a Japanese Japanese tradition, right? So ju- just having, just giving people the uh, option as opposed to the typical Yokan affair, which is a set course, just giving people the option to choose um, more Western, less Japanese, or you know, a selection of mains or anything like that, I think that's not being done... At least not with our biggest competitor okay that's um I don't think I've got any further immediate questions but if you have any question even later on feel free to send like emails or etc I can answer you that would be no problem okay that's good um, and anything else from either of you guys not that I can think of. It's been really helpful, Emmerich. I appreciate you patiently answering all questions. No problem. That was a pleasure. All right. Thanks very much for that, guys. Thank you very much. Thank you. You're welcome. So there you go. Fantastic analysis from Pacific Business uh, KK's team there. Really valid points uh, raised by, and questions asked by our savvy investor and a clear path forward. Now, the next step uh, from his perspective, as well as ours, now that we know that there are not too many serious renovations or repairs required, and now that he knows approximately the price to purchase and refurnish and redesign the rooms, really the last thing we need to evaluate, and this is what PBKK's team is working on now, are the annual costs. So as Amrick was saying, it'll most likely take four to five years to turn the place around. And during that period, there will need to be some serious advertising and mass marketing involved, as well as some very significant staffing requirements. So reliable, hardworking people that will be able to cater to both local and foreign guests, a good cook or even a fully pledged chef, depending on what we're going to do with the restaurant and the dining, drinking, uh, hospitality area. 
and some shuttle bus or pickup and drop-off services implemented as well. So it now becomes crucial to evaluate these costs as accurately as possible for our investor to understand the capital that he'll need to deploy, not just for the purchase itself, but also in the years leading up to that potential profitability that we think can be achieved there. So we'll keep you posted on our progress there, of course. Uh, hopefully we'll have all of that data and make a decision over the next couple of weeks. Do go back and listen to those first two episodes. We'll put them in the show notes again for you. And don't forget to check out Odyssey's progress if you're thinking you may want to get in there before they close registrations in a couple of months' time. As usual, we'd really appreciate it if you could share this episode and the podcast with your own networks, either via a link to wherever you tuned in from or just a screenshot if it's on Instagram or anywhere which doesn't allow links. We welcome any of your comments, your questions that you may have, as usual, in the comment section of wherever you may have found this episode. And we would be eternally grateful if you could take a moment of your time and leave us a review or at least a star rating, good or bad. Let us know what you really think on the iTunes store, Spotify, or wherever else you might have streamed or downloaded this from. Your reviews and your ratings really help us reach more and more people, which is definitely a win-win scenario for everyone involved. Hope to have you with us again next time. And until then, from all of us here at NTI, we wish you, as always, happy investing.